Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles, and I'm extremely thankful that you've taken the time out to be with me today. Now, today's episode is a special one. This is verse 11, or not verse 11, episode 11 of season six of Weathering the Storm, and we are closing out our series on Satan's devices. Uh, we've noticed how Satan's devices are used and found throughout the book of Nehemiah. Of course, again, I want to give credit to Brother Garland Elkins, who uh, wrote about this, and I've uh, taken these and adapted them, made it kind of made it my own, and, and switched a few words around, but he's the one that I got this idea from. And so I give credit to Brother Elkins, uh, what a great servant of God that he was, and he being dead yet speaks, and thankful that I have access to his material. Thinking about how Satan used these devices through his influence, through the opposition um, that opposed what Nehemiah and others were doing, of course, rebuilding the wall that we've been studying about this season, how important of a task that was. And so just like there were people in Nehemiah's day opposing him, there are people today who oppose us, who are striving to do what God would have us to do. And we must not be ignorant of Satan's devices, 2 Corinthians 2.11. We must be knowledgeable about how to overcome. And that, again, is the kind of the purpose of this series on Satan's devices. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Nehemiah chapter 6. We're going to work through this chapter today and uh, looking forward to doing that. But, of course, before we do that, I want to say a word about the Scattered Abroad Network. So very grateful I'm privileged and honored to be on this network. Uh, this has been a joy for me. Appreciate the work that is going on in the network, and just to be a part of that is great. I have the support of my elders here at the Quitman Church of Christ, uh, support of my family, and, and it's just been, been a blessing. And I thank you for listening uh, each and every week and hope and pray that this podcast is helping you in some way to weather the different storms that you may be facing in your life. If you haven't already, we invite you to subscribe to our master feed, Scattered Abroad Network. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our YouTube channel is available. You can email us, thescatterabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Visit our website, scatterabroad.org. Again, we just appreciate all of you so very much. And I thank you for listening to this podcast, especially this episode today, as we close out our series on Satan's devices. Just to review for a moment, we've noticed that Satan's devices that are found in the book of Nehemiah are the devices that he still uses today through his influence. The device of opposition, the device of ridicule, or the device of compromise, the device of intimidation. And now, fifth and finally, we come to the device of slander. And it's interesting when you think about the name devil, diabolos in the Greek language, could also mean slander. And that's what he is. He is the accuser of the brethren, Revelation chapter 12. He is the one who uh, bears false witness because he is a liar. He is the father of lies, according to John 8, 44. So the word slander means to charge falsely with malicious intent. It is to attack the good name and reputation of someone else. So as you think about this device of Satan, this slander, to bear false witness to to do so with malicious intent. You're trying to bring someone down and destroy them. Let's think about this language as we find it in Nehemiah chapter 6. Again, we think about this word 
diabolos, devil or slanderer, is the word we find in 1 Timothy 3.11 and 2 Timothy 3.3. But another form of the word slander is from the Greek word blasphemeo. And what does that sound like? Well, to blaspheme. That's the word we find in Romans chapter 3 and verse 8. So really, this device of slander is also blasphemy. It's blaspheming the God of heaven. And it's trying to slander, accuse, attack the good name and the good reputation of a servant of God. Let's notice that as we come to Nehemiah chapter 6 with what is said about Nehemiah. And then we're going to look at some other examples in the Bible uh, which Satan used this device and hopefully be able to make application to our lives that we can not only be aware of this device of slander, but that we can have assurance and confidence that as long as we're doing what God would have us to do, then we have no reason to be afraid of this false witness. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter 6, we've spent uh, some time in this chapter as well as chapter 4. I mentioned a few episodes ago, we wanted to look at the language of the letter that Samballat devised and sent. So beginning in verse 6 of Nehemiah chapter 6, in this letter it was written, It is reported among the nations, and Geshem says, that you and the Jews plan to rebel. Therefore, according to these rumors, you are rebuilding the wall, that you may be their king. And you have also appointed prophets to proclaim concerning you at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. Now these matters will be reported to the king, so come therefore and let us consult together. There's a lot of problems with this letter, of course. Um, the first thing is that it simply is not true. He's trying to blame Nehemiah and slander and conspire against Nehemiah to say, Nehemiah, you're just doing this for your own glory. You're rebuilding the wall, and then you're going to be the king. And you've even appointed prophets to go and tell other people there's a king in Judah, and you're going to be the king. None of this was true. Nehemiah left being the cupbearer for the king Artaxerxes. He left to go and to do this work because of his love for God and love for the city of Jerusalem. This had nothing to do with Nehemiah. This was not an ego trip. This was not for his own benefit. This was for God and for God's people. And yet here comes this slanderous accusation from Samballat and others. So let's continue reading through this chapter, beginning there in verse 8. Here's how Nehemiah responded to the storm of slander. Then I sent to him, saying, No such things as you say are being done, but you invent them in your own heart. Notice that language. You invent or you devise this in your own heart. This is all you, Sambai. This is all a work of the devil. This is one of Satan's devices to try to slander, to try to bear false witness, to, to lie, to conspire, and to blackmail. Satan's all about that. And that's what is happening here with Nehemiah. Verse 9, he says, For they were all trying to make us afraid, saying their hands will be weakened in the work, and it will not be done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Afterward, I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Delilah, the son of Mehabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple. Let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, Should such a man as I flee? 
And who is there such as I who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sambalat had hired him. Did you catch that? They, they are so opposed to the good work that Nehemiah is doing that they have stooped down to the level not only to write letters of blackmail and conspiracy, but now they're hiring people to come and lie. Hiring people to come and tell Nehemiah something to get him away from doing the work that he was to be doing. Verse 13, For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act that way and sin, so that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. Did you see that? That they're, They're wanting him to sin so they can have something against him. Verse 14, Nehemiah says, My God, remember Tobiah and Sembalat according to these, their works, and the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. He says, I want you to remember them. Of course God is. God's not going to let them get away with that. But here's a good point for us to remember that when people slander against us and they bear false witness against us, if it's really not true, then we will be blessed by God. That's what we find in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 12. Blessed are you when people persecute you and lie against you and bear false witness against you. They're trying to bring you down, but they're doing that for my sake. He said, rejoice and be exceedingly glad, because they did the same thing to the prophets. They're trying to ridicule you, trying to bring you down, trying to bear false witness and slander against you. We don't need to be ignorant of this device. But I love the way that chapter 6 ends because it's a triumphant ending from what was taking place. Verse 15 says, So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it, and all the nations around us saw these things, they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. And in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Arah, and his son Jehoanan had married the daughter of Melushlan, the daughter of Bekiah. And they reported his good deeds before me, and reported my words to him. And so Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. All these devices of Satan were trying to stop Nehemiah and others from rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. But it was to no avail. When you dive into chapter 7, you notice that the wall was built, the doors were hung up, the gatekeepers, the singers, the Levites had been appointed, that I, Nehemiah, gave the charge of Jerusalem to my brother Hananiah, and Hananiah, the leader of the citadel, For he was a faithful man, and he feared God more than many. And I said to them, Do not let the gates of Jerusalem be opened until the sun is hot. And while they stand guard, let them shut and bar the doors, and appoint guards from among the inhabitants of Jerusalem, one at his watch station and another in front of his own house. When you dive into the rest of chapter 7, you have the return of those to Jerusalem. And so now the wall has been rebuilt. Uh, It was finished. And now you have people who are coming back. Verse 4 of chapter 7 says, The city was large and spacious, but the few the people in it were few. The houses were not rebuilt. 
Then my God put it into my heart to gather the nobles, the rulers, and the people, that they might be registered by genealogy. I found a register of the genealogy of those who had come up in the first return, and he found written in it, and then you have the genealogy found in the rest of chapter 7. And we find in verse 73 of chapter 7, So the priests, the Levites, the gatekeepers, the singers, some of the people, the Nethamen, and all Israel dwelt in their cities. And when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. And that is how chapter 6 and 7 uh, blend together and come to an end. And that really gives us a great uh, starting point in our next section. As we dive into the second half of this season, we're going to begin there in chapter 8 when we come back after a short break uh, from these podcast episodes. We'll dive in there with chapter chapter 8. And I look forward to studying the rest of the book of Nehemiah with you, and hopefully we can glean more lessons from it. But again, we've noticed that Satan's device that was used here was a device of slander. But of course, it was to no avail because Nehemiah had done nothing wrong. He knew that this was a lie. He knew that he was doing what was right. And then when he found out that they had hired people, don't you know that even gave him more assurance and more confidence, thinking, how low are they going to go? And how pitiful is it that they're trying to bring me down? It's not going to work. And they ought to know that by now. So in spite of all the opposition, in spite of all the problems, in spite of all the devices of Satan that were being used, the wall was finished. And Nehemiah was able to weather the storm. I mentioned to you a moment ago that there are different examples in Scripture where Satan uses this device beyond just the scope of the book of Nehemiah. I thought maybe we could spend a few moments thinking about it. Think about Satan with Job. Again, let's remind ourselves of the definition of slander, to charge falsely with malicious intent. Remember what Satan said when he went before uh, the God of heaven? God said, have you, have you considered my servant Job? And the point of that question, the way it's being asked is, you've been thinking about Job, haven't you? There's nobody like him on the earth. And you remember what Satan said? He said, the only reason he serves you is because you bless him so much. You take away all those blessings and he will curse you to your face. What is Satan trying to do? He's trying to slander. He's trying to attack the good name and reputation of God's servant named Job. Now, Job, of course, passes the test, just like Nehemiah passed the test. Because they had done nothing wrong. And they knew that this was all slanted. This is a work of the devil. Now, Job, of course, didn't have the book of Job. He didn't have this reference point. He didn't have a look back at what was taking place. But when you think about what happened, this was false. And then Satan said, skin for skin, you know, you let him, let me touch his skin. He'll curse you to your face. And a Job, again, passed the test. And he was able to overcome by doing what God would have him to do. But see, notice how Satan hates, he hates us. He hates the servants of God. And he wants to slander and bring down the good name and reputation. What about Joseph? We've noticed Satan with Job. What about Satan with Joseph? You think about what, what Joseph went through. And the scene where Potiphar's wife is trying to get Joseph to lay with her What's happening? That device of slander, trying to bring down the good reputation and good name of this man. He didn't do anything wrong. 
In fact, he tried to flee and run away, but she caught a piece of his garment, and then she slandered against him. She made a false accusation with malicious intent. He came upon me. He did this to me. And because of that, Joseph was thrown into prison. But because he didn't do anything wrong, God was with him, and he was able to take him from prison to the palace. And later, Joseph would reflect on this and say, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. And so we can take comfort in that, that when uh, people slander against us and try to falsely accuse us of things, remember, that's a device of Satan. But as long as we're having our heart pure and we're doing what God would have us to do, we don't have to fear that. Then, of course, there's Jesus. When you think about Jesus, Matthew chapter 4 Satan is trying to slander against him. He has malicious intent, for sure, to charge him falsely. If you are the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you are the Son of God, why don't you jump from the top? You know the angels will hold you up, as he misquoted Psalm 91. If you are the Son of God, come up here and I'll give you all the kingdoms in a moment of time. He's trying to slander him. He's trying to cause Jesus to stumble and to fall and to mess up so he can ridicule him, and that he can slander the good name and reputation of the Son of God. And of course, Jesus answered triumphantly, it is written, it is written, it is written, giving us the perfect blueprint for how we can fight against Satan's devices today. But you know, also, when Jesus died and, and rose from the dead, there were those who were just like Samballat and Tobiah and others. And those religious leaders were very intimidated by the fact that Jesus rose from the dead. And so what they did was they bribed people to slander against Jesus. Matthew 28, beginning in verse 11, says, Now while they were going, behold, some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priests all the things that had happened. And when they had assembled with the elders and consulted together, they gave a large sum of money to the soldiers, saying, Tell them. His disciples came at night and stole him away while he slept. If this comes to the governor's ears, we will appease him and make you secure. So they took the money and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. The reason that I share that with you is to show that Satan's been after this a very long time. And this device of slander is not something new. He wants to attack the reputation. He wants to attack the good name of God's people. Nehemiah did not allow this to happen. And in all five of these devices that we've studied, it did not hinder Nehemiah and others from rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem. Whether it was opposition, ridicule, intimidation, the compromise, or even slander, all of these had no power, had no avail, when the people had a mind to work, and they kept their minds stayed on doing the will of God. And what an encouragement that is to us. If we will stay the course, if we'll keep our eyes fixed on our God and not allow anything to bring us down, we will be successful and we'll be able to weather the storm. I thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the time that you spent with me as we've gone through this small series. And now that we've looked at all five of these together, Hope and pray that you'll go back and, and study them for yourself and that we can make application to our lives as the storms of life come our way. Again, looking forward to being back with you as we go into Nehemiah chapter 8. 
In the meantime, I encourage you to study your Bible and to review these things and to make application to your lives to the glory of God. Once again, I thank you for listening. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.